Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're here to try to educate people about money, all different kinds. Uh, just about to finish 15 years of doing Talking Money, which is uh, hard to believe. Met with some of the good folks uh, at uh, from from uh, WGTK yesterday for lunch and uh, Clinton and Pat. And we had a great time and just reminiscing a little bit about the years that Talking Money has been on the air. So we've... Um, I, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and and hopefully we can can continue to do this for at least uh, the foreseeable future. Anyway, we'll see how that all that goes. Nothing goes on forever, and so we have had the opportunity, especially after joining Ronald Blue Trust a couple of years ago, to have a number of guests join us uh, that are professionals and experts in their particular field. And uh, Alan Cox is with me today. He's uh, the head of the estate and tax planning uh, part uh, division or or department or whatever they call it for you, Alan, at, at Ronald Blue Trust. <laughs> anyway, he's the guru on, a, on estate and tax uh, planning. And, and it's been quite busy here lately because we've had um, a lot of activity going on on the national level in Congress and, the, and, the, and just had more activity yesterday in the House and the Senate as uh, they uh, contemplate and try to pass and have passed some of these uh, recent tax legislation. But some of it's still, in effect, that's about to go away with the CARES Act. And we certainly want to talk about that as well today. But um, so I've known Alan for uh, several years now and I've always appreciated his insight, and his um, keeping up with all this stuff for, for us and, and sending out uh, blogs and other things in the newsletters to help keep us informed and help keep our clients informed about the many changes. Of course, our clients are expecting us, Alan, to keep up for them. We keep it up. We keep up with it for them <laughs> so they don't have to keep it up. And that's what I tell people a lot on Talking Money is that I do a lot of reading so that you don't have to. So I'm going to give you the synopsis and I'll ignore some of the things that say, you know, you just really don't need to, to, to know about that at all. And try not to keep it uh, uh, too complicated and, and uh, try to make sure that we can all understand what's going on. And you do a great job with that as well. And uh, and so anyway, let me welcome you before we get any further. So, Well, thank you. And Mike, uh, the first time in 40 years, I finally have to uh, be telling clients at this point in time that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, nobody, ask, no, nobody knows. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and I, I got to be honest, I don't know. And, and really nobody knows. And I say they, and I refer to Congress, I said, they are meeting. So whenever they're meeting, it means <laughs> we don't have any answers That's until they get finished. Exactly. But thank you for having me here. It's yeah. a beautiful day here in Greenville. And a yeah, little nippy, it was but a, yeah, it's it was a beautiful. great it was a great drive up from Atlanta this morning. So my wife thinks that we flew here 
but we didn't. We, we, <laughs> you had all four just, wheels on the ground. Right, yeah. right. We just got an express lane. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. So, so we won't, uh, hopefully the, the wrong people aren't listening today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. one of the things I appreciated, Alan, about uh, in, in meetings that we've had with clients, especially in the estate planning, especially in times like this when we we don't know what's going on. And it appeared at first that the the exemptions the you know we, we were going to drop down from 20 some million down to maybe f- six million or five plus uh cost of living increases getting us up to a little over six million per person that was going to be exempt and a, a lot of people i know have already acted on that as if it was going to happen and then as of now it looks like it may not happen that way and so a lot of people may have spent a lot of money and done a lot of things that they not that necessarily is going to hurt them long term, but it certainly was premature on what they did. Yes, and we were encouraging clients early, early on, back in May and June. You know, don't drive off the cliff uh, unless you are really, really, really sure yeah. that you want to go ahead and make that gift out of your estate. We did. We've seen this movie. We've got the T-shirt to prove it from 2012, <laughs> and there was a lot of buyer's remorse that that took place, and it is right now too. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but mm-hmm. but some of those uh, gifts that were made as we were advising clients, and your advisors probably did the same, that there are provisions you could put in there, like a disclaimer. Uh, if if it didn't happen by twelve thirty one, then you could disclaim the gift, and it wouldn't have happened. So there's mm-hmm. hopefully some of that planning that was done. But uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's hope that that the bill as it is right now stays. And what we refer to the pay force, the revenue raisers in the bill, does not currently and hopefully won't have any of those estate tax provisions any of those decronian uh grantor trust provisions that were going to kill us all because we've done planning with grantor trust since the 1950s right and that was going to totally gut that part out of the the tax code and so let's just hope they they stay away from that during this this part of the session but again it's reconciliation and mm-hmm. it's horse trading is the way I call it. <laughs> it is now as it goes back to the Senate and it uh, won't have as easy a time to get through the Senate as it uh, did the House, of course, because the balance of power is 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 almost even not quite with uh, Kamala Harris having the, the deciding vote there as uh, the if there's a tie, which likely very well will be a tie right and she could but if we can get at least those couple of democrats that are are more fiscally responsible that uh would not go along with it we can keep some of this stuff from happening i i just i can't help but i would laugh if it wasn't if it wasn't so seriously not funny it when i hear president biden he's on an interview talking about his big tax his big um bill that he wants to get passed and with a very straight face, and he's just, it's all paid for. I don't understand. It's all paid for. And, of course, the press does not ask him, well, what do you mean it's all paid for? Who's who's going to pay for this? How's it going to be paid for? How's it going to affect inflation? How's it going to affect employment? How's it going to affect business owners? Because yep. you're talking about having the people who are wealthier, who, who often are the business owners, and they're the ones who, want, who need to put money back into the business, but they can't because now they're they're paying more in taxes. When you have S corporations and LLC that are flow through type entities, and and so it's just I, I wish there was more clear explanation, transparency, 
to say exactly what does this mean and how does this affect instead of just saying ah it's all paid for and so why what's what is the hold up here let's pass this three trillion or two trillion whatever it gets it's now down to one point this is under two, well, two trillion they, i think you know. but that's still debatable too and and yeah. we, we've got to actually give it to the credit of of two badge uh wearing senators yeah. one from west virginia and one from arizona who yeah. are standing firm that they're not going to go into debt with it. it's got too much garbage in there yeah. and those those right now have been the one that held up the infrastructure bill because uh pelosi you know hooked the reconciliation bill to the infrastructure bill which personally and it's just my own personal opinion okay mm-hmm. she she torpedoed the infrastructure bill and the reconciliation together until she unhooked it. Yeah. It, it was not going to pass. Not going and anywhere. now yeah. there's a, there's a war now, but, but uh, let's, let's uh, give credit to the two democratic senators yeah. that have been fighting to keep that amount down to at least a, it came down from the 3 trillion down to 1 trillion. And I think that's going to help us on the revenue raising tax side. Well, sure. Hopefully. It's got to, I mean, yes. it's got, you don't have to raise quite as much, but that's, that's extra. That's not even counting what's the deficit already was. This is on top of the deficit we already had. So it's uh, it's kind of scary how the, all that works. But um, anyway, we're going to stop talking politics in in a way, and partly politics because some of the tax plan that we're going to talk about when we come back from the break has to do with some of these laws that are going to go away. That and that was uh, politically, of course, passed. But we want to make sure we take advantage, and our listeners take advantage of that as much as possible. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talking Money is brought to you by Ronald Blue Trust. With nationwide trust capabilities, Ronald Blue Trust provides wealth management strategies and trust services based on biblical principles to help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. With over $11 billion of assets under management and advisement and a network of 16 offices, including Greenville, Ronald Blue Trust serves over 10,000 clients in all 50 states through distinct divisions and offers services across the wealth spectrum in these key areas financial retirement estate planning, investment management and solutions, charitable giving strategies, personal trust and estate settlement, bill paying, family office services, business consulting, and institutional client services. More information about Ronald Blue Trust can be found at ronblue.com. Ronald Blue Trust is a trademark used by Thrivent Trust Company and Thrivent Trust Company of Tennessee Incorporated, separate affiliated entities. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. We're coming up here at about uh, 19 after the hour. This is Mike Miller, your host for today. My special guest, Alan Cox, CPA, head of the estate and tax planning uh, department down at uh, the national office for Ronald Blue Trust. And got to know Alan pretty well over the last couple of years. Been on, on Talking Money, this is at least the third time, maybe fourth. I don't know, over yes. the last couple of years. So, and we'll continue to bring him in to get his expertise in these areas. And as I mentioned uh, at the top of the uh, program, talking about all the different things that are happening in Congress, and and we don't know what's happening. And then and then something passes yesterday. But it, even if it passes yesterday, it passed the House, and we don't know what it's going to look like when it gets through the Senate, if it does get through the Senate, and then what it's going to look like when it goes back to reconciliation and they put the two together and all that stuff happens. So we've talked about all that stuff. Now we want to talk about. So the CARES Act had several provisions in it that had to do with charitable giving 
and they're going to expire at the end of this year. And they were extended to, to get through this year, which is great. So we want to make sure our listeners know what's here. We've got about a month that uh, they can take advantage of whatever opportunities there are. And, and, and many people won't do anything different, but there are some people out there who would really want to take advantage of, of some of these provisions that are, that are going away. And a lot of it has to do with the charitable giving. So what are some things that uh, clients, what are some things that are going away and some the action items that some clients can take or some listeners can take between now and the end of the year to help take advantage of it? Well, as you mentioned, the CARES Act had in it uh, the ability for individuals to give 100% cash contributions to charity and not be subject to what was referred to the AGI limit or right. the adjusted gross income limit, mm-hmm. which was raised from 50% to 60%, but then the CARES Act extended that all the way to 100%. And then it also allowed for non-itemizers, individuals could take uh, $300 above the line deduction the 300 dollars last year there was some confusion i think and whether or not it was supposed to be 600 for joint but it, it, it stayed is. 300 last year but this year they did double it right to 600, 600. if it's married filing jointly. joint right yeah for, for joint and that's if you don't itemize but you still have to give the money so people, oh great i'll uh, i'll just put down 600 dollars. well you, <laughs> you have to you have to give it <laughs> right yeah so uh yeah that was extended at the last minute of uh 2020 Right. It was it was in the Consolidation Appropriations Act again, last minute. Those that that's typically when all the legislation yeah. takes place. <laughs> last so, second. So yeah. that is due to expire. So you have a, a about a month now, a month and a week to take mm-hmm. advantage of that. And it's kind of interesting how that hundred percent works. Uh so if you if you have other giving, and let's say that you have giving that that you gave of appreciated property. And we'll, we'll go over specifically appreciated non-cash. But but if you had some of that, it would be subject to the old rules of 20% if it went to a private foundation, 30% if it went to a public charity. Public, public, yeah. And then if you gave cash to a donor advised fund it's a public charity, but it still doesn't qualify for the 100%. So it would be subject to that 60%. Mm-hmm. And then if you were at the level that you've filled up the rest of the bucket with that 100% charitable giving, that's an election. So mm-hmm. if you, you could actually literally zero out your taxable income, have zero taxable income and still have some leftover charitable deduction well, that's an election. You could carry that over for five years mm-hmm. if you didn't in the future, use it. Uh, if you don't yeah. use it all. Or if you figure, wait a minute, you do tax planning, your CPA comes back to you and says, hey, wait a minute, you you were a- actually utilizing the 15% bracket for most of your taxable income. You could carry that charitable deduction over to the next couple of years when you really need it. But it it's, it's a little, it's pre and post tax planning Yeah, it's for nice those that are in that level. So the point yeah. is take advantage of this, this cash charitable giving oppor- opportunity. And it, it, it has to be a specific charity. So the cares act made it that way. The extension was the same. 
In other words, they don't want you parking this into a foundation. Or a donor advice fund. Now, there are some donor advice funds that have a specific charity fund mm-hmm. that designates it directly to that charity. So let's say your church. You don't want to plop $100,000 on them now, but you want them to have that then that specific fund could possibly qualify. You need to talk to your advisor, your tax advisor specifically when you start entering into these type strategies. So some of the planning is to say, take advantage of this 100%, because most people aren't in the position where they can just give away 100% of their AGI. I mean, they just don't have that. They, they either don't have that capabilities or they don't really want to give that much away. So, so how can they break this out? How much of it can be in, in uh, appreciated stocks that they've had or appreciated mutual funds that they've had that they want to give away? How much can be cash? We can't give it. Or And, and how much could of that could be just go to a donor advised fund as long as they direct it to a specific charity? I know South Carolina Christian Foundation does that. I think National Christian Foundation will let you do that too, won't they, Alan? National, I- the NCF? I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure both of those will. So, right. so you're identifying it, but like Alan said, instead of giving a uh, hundred thousand or fifty thousand, whatever it is, to the to, to your church all at once and and making the treasurer and the board really really happy, thinking they got all this money to spend right away, it you're just if you've got a way to take some of the appreciated assets that you've had, that uh, with the stock market having done so well, even some of the real estate that has done so well, and you're able to give at least part of your giving can be done with those appreciated assets and then you can give it to the church over the next, you know, however many years you want to right? to, to spread it out. It has to go to that particular church and that's the way to get the tax deductions. How do they break that out? How much of this hundred percent of your AGI deduction has to come from, it can only come from, let's say gifts of appreciated assets. There's a limit, right? You can't get, right. Uh, it can't all be, I right. can't, I can't say hundred thousand dollars. If that's my AGI, I'm going to give hundred thousand dollars of, of mutual funds that I have and give it all to, uh, to the charity and get a deduction for it. Cause there's still a limit on how much appreciated assets you can give. Right. Right. And, and if the gift is to a public charity, mm-hmm. then the limit is 30% of your adjusted gross income. Okay. And you know, that, that kind of segues into, you know, one of the other strategies for giving is looking at non-cash mm-hmm. appreciated assets. So you mentioned the stock market. Those are marketable securities that don't qualify as cash, but yet they're appreciated. And you so those would be subject to that 30% limitation, even though they're marketable securities. Uh, land. Uh, people don't think about the the non cash assets as a as a giving vehicle, but appreciated land, mm-hmm. maybe stock in a privately held company, uh, your marketable securities, all of those qualify for this thirty percent. If it goes to a public charity, a donor mm-hmm. vice fund would be considered a public charity. Uh, one of the reporting requirements that you need to be careful of and need to note when you when you enter into this non-cash giving world that if it's a if it's a non-marketable security like mm-hmm. land mm-hmm. privately held there's a special valuation and a special tax form that has to be filled out your CPA will know 
what the requirements are, but you need to understand that there's going to be an extra cost involved in in that administrative particular, administrative particular asset giving. But yeah. but this is the selling point. The selling point of doing non-cash giving is that you get what I call the double deduction. Right. Okay. Yeah. You don't you don't have like to recognize it. the gain on the sale. Right. That's deduction number one. Mm-hmm. You're not recognizing the gain. And you get the tax deduction. That's the second deduction. So the full so, amount of the value of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's the double deduction. That So that's the selling point for non-cash asset giving. Yeah, and you don't feel it as much because you're giving away the assets. It's not part of your income typically. It's part of the growth that you've had. Maybe your, your account's up 15, 20, whatever percent over the last year or so. And you say, I'm just going to give away some of that gain, and it's a way for me to do it in a tax-advantaged manner. But there is a caution there, and yep. we've got about a minute and a half here before the break. Um, people sometimes forget they bought something in in um, January last year, December last year, and they've made you know a lot of money on it. And they give that away thinking they're going to get this same deduction when in reality they don't because it's no. short-term capital gain right, property. Right, right. Th- th- this – this does have to to be held for one year and a day for mm-hmm. the long term capital gain treatment. Yeah, on this, but you mentioned the cash flow. This could be an asset like real estate mm-hmm. that's costing you money. You're right. paying taxes yeah. on this vacant land, yeah. and you're thinking, "Oh man, I want to get rid of this," and it's going to give you more cash flow. But but if you sold it, you'd have a huge gain to yeah. recognize. Right. Yeah. And a lot of things you can do with that with even uh, using a uh, charitable remainder trust and some of those things that are available if you want to, if you do want to keep getting income from it instead of just giving it away give it to somebody they sell it the charity sells it and they can start giving you income from the whole thing we'll be talking some more about uh, this the giving opportunities that we have between now and the end of the year and so we'll be back with more of talking money in just a minute Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor talking money Ronald Blue Trust has distinct divisions that work with clients across the wealth spectrum, private wealth, everyday steward, family office, and the professional athlete division. The company's largest division, private wealth, is designed to provide financial guidance for clients with an investable net worth of a million dollars or higher. Private wealth advisors can provide advice in many areas, including managing cash flow, growing assets while decreasing debt, overseeing investment portfolios, developing tax-efficient estate and strategic giving plans, and utilizing trust services if needed, all with a big picture in view. The Private Wealth Division has 16 offices across the United States, including Greenville. For more information on Ronald Blue Trust offices and the advisors serving there, please visit ronblue.com. Ronald Blue Trust is a trademark used by Thrivent Trust Company and Thrivent Trust Company of Tennessee Incorporated, separate affiliated entities. Now back to Talking Money. All right, so we don't have a whole lot of time left, uh, which is which is fine. We're here to answer questions. Uh, of course, if you don't get your question in today, you always send that to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. All right, so what's some other things that uh, some people should take advantage of? Uh, some things that didn't change with the qualified charitable distribution, what we in the industry call the old QCD. Um, what uh, what kind of advantages can somebody take of that? And, and maybe we should talk about some uh, Roth conversions too if we have time. Yes, uh, the the QCD is what I think is a very great tool for someone who is charitable. Yes, absolutely, 
and is over 70 and a half. Okay, if you remember, the SECURE Act changed the the requirement to take your mandatory distributions. We, we also refer to that as RMD. RMD, yeah. So that was changed from 72 and a half to 72 in the SECURE Act. So that makes you more secure because you're stretching it out when you have to take it, right? right. No, not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But it does make sense. How they ever came up with 70 and a half, I don't know. Yeah. But to qualify for the QCD, you only have to be 70 and a half. So you look ahead and you say, boy, I've got all these required minimum distributions I'm going to have to take in a couple years. And I just want to give that all away. Well, you could start now. You can give yeah. up to $100,000. You just make make the distribution form. You have to do it the right way with your brokerage account, whoever's holding your money. All right. And you do it in a manner that it doesn't even factor into your adjusted gross income. It's, it's a reporting item on your tax return. Your CPA will know how to report that. It's just in the margin on line 4A QCD. But it doesn't factor into adding to your adjusted gross income. It doesn't impact your your Social Security taxability. It doesn't mm-hmm. all the other limitations, which could be if Medicare, you just pull Medicare the money out. Yeah. So people say, well, I'm, I'm just going to pull it out and I'll just give cash. Well, that's a crazy idea. Yeah. If you're over 70 and a half and you're going to give it to charity anyway, I mean, this is a slam dunk, no brainer. I was just talking to a, a client the other day, and I said, "He said, well, I I have to take my RMDs. I I just hate these." I said, "Well, why?" He said, "Because then I just turn around giving them away." I said, oh, no. "Stop, oh, time no. out, really? time out. <laughs> Don't do it yet. Let's go ahead and give that to charity. It's only twenty five thousand dollars, and that's okay. Sure, you do it right. It gets." directly to charity it bypasses your tax return there is a reporting and you have to do it right yes you have to make sure you inform your cpa because the the 1099s not going to report it as a qcd right i can guarantee you that people people think they will they say how come it doesn't show up because the the brokerage company knew i was giving away because they made the check out to them how come i have to to list it myself and it doesn't automatically get reported so it doesn't get reported that way right and another concern and of course you can go down to five hundred a thousand dollars it doesn't have to be a big amount any any amount you give qualifies for that and and people and i've said this many times on talking money is that when you think about how high the standard deduction is now and that if you're giving ten, fifteen, even twenty thousand dollars away but that still doesn't get you over the twenty five thousand or whatever your itemized deduction is you're still not getting any benefit from that that gift. So by making a qualified charitable distribution, you're bypassing all that. You're getting a deduction for the essentially you're getting a deduction for the gift because it's not showing up as adjusted gross income, and you're still getting your standard deduction. So you're getting both at the same time. Of course, now you get the six hundred dollars if you're not itemized. Okay, don't forget to get that. But for somebody who's making larger gifts then that's what a great way to do it. I mean, you're right. Why why not do it? I mean, there's not a reason. It may not help you, but it's it's, it's not going to hurt you. Yes. Well, and, and the other requirement, that this goes back to what we mentioned earlier about qualifying for the 100% cash 
charitable deduction. The same for this is that it has to be charity specific. You cannot right. go to your donor advice right. fund, oh, private foundation. <laughs> it's got to be yeah. specifically yeah. to the charity. But like you mentioned before, Mike, I think there are some donor advice funds that have specific charity funds that you that would qualify for this. Right. But again, if you do this, you need to be the the aggressive one to make sure your CPA knows, hey, this required minimum distribution was a QCD or whatever portion of it was or a portion, whatever you do. Uh, because I can tell you from experience, looking at those 1099s that come in that in March of the next year, don't have that reported on there. Uh, but it's a, a big factor that you need to take in. And it's, I, I, I agree with you, Mike. Why not? Yeah. Why not? It's a little. I'll argue with you. Why sure. not? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, we'll we'll both be on the same side of that argument. And a, and a couple other uh, thoughts to keep in mind: it's, it's we say seven and a half, and that's not the year you turn seven and a half. That's the day you turn seven and a half. Uh, so don't be thinking, okay, well, I'm I turned seven and a half this year. Well, it's not till uh, November, but uh, uh, or December as it is this year. Let's say uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and give it from charity well no you can't do that uh because you're not 70 and a half already and another thing that i've talked to many prospective clients not so much clients or, or maybe they're a new client and, and especially if we're meeting with them in uh like right now or the first of the year and they are already seven and a half and i tell them or they're not seven and a half but they're going to turn seven and a half later in the year i said don't make any gifts yeah i know you're you're the treasurer at your church may not like this but if you're going to turn seven and a half November 1st in 2022, then don't make any gifts until November 1st, November 2nd, 2022, and do it all from your IRA. Because if you, if you just make cash gifts up until that time, then that's going to be under the, the old system. It's going to have to be higher than your standard deduction and so forth. And that's, um, that's not a good way to do it. Just, you just have to be a little patient and wait till seven and a half and then, and take the money out. Then other years you can keep, keep doing the same thing, of course. And I've also had people who have come in to see me. This one uh, gentleman some years ago, uh, he had $5 million or so in his IRA. So he had a nice chunk in there. Single guy, and I don't think he'd ever been married, and so and no children, and no heirs, and so he decided he was going to convert all of his IRA to a Roth IRA, and then when he came between then and the time he came to see me, he said, "Well, I've decided I was I'm just because I have no heirs, I'm going to give all my money to charity." I said, "Oh no, well we should have thought ahead a little bit on this because you should have not converted all that to IRA." And then given the IRA at your death to the charities, because then they don't have to pay taxes on it. So you paid a bunch of taxes unnecessarily, which is also the same reason why we'll tell people don't convert all of your IRA to a Roth IRA. It, I think it, it behooves you to think about converting a portion of it because that gives you some good tax planning opportunities because you have different sources of income with which to pull from to live on and you can help try to manage your tax bracket some because you can pull some money out of if you're getting close to the the next tax bracket next marginal tax bracket you can say okay i'm not going to take any more money out of my traditional ira because that's taxable and take the rest of it out of my brokerage account or my roth ira that's not taxable so i can still keep myself let's say in the 12 percent bracket and and people don't have that kind of planning mentality and um any other thoughts on that alan that we need to make sure we consider? 
No, you're exactly right. <laughs> what about bunching deductions? How's how's that? We got we only have like a minute and a half. So. Well, you mentioned before, like if you if you give like uh, ten to fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars in your charitable contributions, and then you look down and you have state taxes of of maybe fifteen thousand. Well, you're limited to ten thousand dollars on your state yeah. income the, taxes. The salt so taxes, yeah. you you really need to get into some <laughs> your CPA and do some. You're in tax planning. Let run some projections and see if you're better off uh, bunching up deductions to put you over that limit, or consider doing the the cash charitable giving that qualifies right. because there's not a limit. There's not an AGI limit on that on the cash giving. Yeah. So right. if you can if you can put money aside, let's say give next year and this year's contributions. So your kid got even if you charged it for a month. And you put it on your charge card for this year and, and got the tax deduction for this year and paid off the credit card next year. You're still going to get those deductions bunched so you'll be able to at least take some kind of tax deduction every other year, every third year, something like that. All right. Well, we're really out of time, Ella. That went fast today. But thanks you, thank you again for joining me. It's been great having you. Oh, you're welcome. It's All right. always great to be here. So if you've got any questions for me, 800-588-7526 is my number at my office. So glad you're with us. Hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week for the next Talking Money.